Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse 11. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. When God began to deal with me about salvation, He brought a couple of preachers into my life um, that I heard some messages, and uh, there was a move. My family actually relocated, uh, and I think that was part of my coming to faith as well because God got me away from the friends that I was putting before Him uh, so that I could humble myself and give my heart to Christ. Uh, God also moved in power in the church where we were. I just sensed the Spirit so powerfully working in my life, convicting me of sin, drawing me to faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, I knew that God was dealing with me. And, and what a blessing that is to know that God is seeking you. Even better, the blessing of knowing Him when you repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, I want you to know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is seeking you. You don't know him today. He's seeking you. If you do know him today, he delights in you. Uh, he is a God who seeks us and values us and loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's a pretty good evidence of what God's heart is toward us. This scripture is actually a follow-up to the miracle at the beautiful gate. Uh, Peter and John are coming to the temple, and uh, this, this man is seated there uh, by the gate of the temple and is looking for some alms or something that he can use to buy food and to live upon. But Peter says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. <laughs> And the man's life is forever changed. And he's jumping and he's walking around. And, and, and there's all this excitement. And the scripture we're going to look at today actually picks up after this has occurred. And Peter is explaining the significance of why God is working in this way among his people. Uh, he is lifting up the name of Jesus. He's showing them who Jesus is, that he is still at work. Aren't you glad God's still at work today? He's showing them the greatness of Jesus' name and his power. You see, they had rejected Jesus. They had asked for a murderer named Barabbas to be given uh, instead of Jesus when Pilate offered them the opportunity to release Jesus. They put him to death, largely the religious leadership, put him to death, but Jesus rose again. Jesus ascended to heaven after spending a, a little over a month um, with the disciples, discipling them. He appeared to over 500 people, and then he ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of God the Father. Now, he pours out the Spirit at Pentecost, and the work of God is just exploding in Jerusalem. And, and, and so Peter's saying, look, I want you to understand that this miracle where this man was healed at the beautiful gate is God's outreach to you. God is seeking you. God wants to, to have a relationship with you. All of this is given with a purpose. 
Did you know as God lets you rub shoulders with believers in Jesus Christ and to see what God is doing in their lives, He is reaching out to you. He is seeking you. As you see God answer prayer, I, some people ask, well, would God answer the prayer of a lost person? I think sometimes He does. I'll give you one example. The man said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe Jesus answered that prayer. And, and he came to faith in Jesus. If you see answered prayer, uh, he's reaching for you. Uh, God works through the circumstances of our lives and the people that we know uh, to draw us to himself because he has a heart for us and he longs for us with a love that I'm not sure I can fully explain, but I'm so glad it's there. Uh, we need to repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And if you know Jesus, you need to be uh, an instrument of God to help reach others with that same message of the gospel. The title of my message is The Love That Seeks. Love That Seeks. And look with me at verse 11, and we'll read this text. It says, While he was holding on to Peter and John, that is, the man who was healed, uh, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people. Fellow Israelites, why are you so amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. The love that seeks. How does God bring people to faith? Uh, there's a number of things he does. Primarily, he uses the cross to bring people to faith. But uh, what we're going to look at today, he seeks us in love by showing us, first of all, his supernatural power. His supernatural power. Uh, I love what uh, he says in verse 12. He says, when Peter saw this, he addressed the people. Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us? In other words, he's saying, look, this doesn't come from us. This comes from God. He says, why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? Now, it is true that we can quench the Spirit of God, but did you know that God works? If He uses any of us, He does so because of grace. <laughs> it's not because we are some spiritual giant or uh, because we have it all together. God uses uh, regular, ordinary people uh, to do His work uh, and releases His power through us as we trust Him. That's an amazing thing. Verse 13, he says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant, Jesus. He has glorified 
His servant, Jesus. The power of Jesus was shown not just at the resurrection. It is also shown in the lives of people he changes today. This lady was the first, uh, this, I'm sorry, this man was the first in a line of many who would be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Listen, I, I want you to know uh, a lame man can walk because Christ heals him. We've seen God heal in answer to prayer in this church. But the greater miracle is when Jesus changes a human soul. There's no miracle like that. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. If you know Jesus Christ today, you have a new nature. You also have an old nature. And those two natures battle against each other. But thank God, he has given us a new nature he has given us a new life, those of us who know him, in our soul. I, God made such a profound change in my life when I came to know Jesus. He changed me on the inside. And that change worked out to the outside. I remember one of my friends, shortly after I was saved, uh, he said I was living a double life. I lived one way when I was at school, and I lived another way when I was at church. You know anybody like that? He said, uh, he said, Roger, I hadn't heard you cuss in three days. What's going on? You know, what, what's different? And I told him what was different. Jesus Christ had come into my life. And, and I didn't want to speak that way anymore. Um, he had changed me by his power. Now, God's done a lot of things. We've, some of you who are sitting here today have seen God set you free from, from a lot uh, more powerful things than just those those things of speech but but listen I want to tell you something our God is a mighty God he works in supernatural power and that person that you know who was changed and you can tell a, a difference in their life because Jesus Christ has changed them let me tell you something God is reaching out to you through their changed life he's letting you observe his power in action that's a privilege. That's an honor. Um, when you see God work in power in answer to prayer, uh, that is a, a work of his supernatural power. Uh, when you see God set you free from old habits and old behaviors that you used to practice, that is a work of God's supernatural power. Uh, you see that in someone's life. It, it's an amazing thing what God can do. Uh, we had a man in, in uh, church when I was growing up, and uh, he had been on drugs and um, had come, ultimately came to faith in Jesus Christ. And it was just such a radical change. Um, and and he, began, he would witness to anything that breathed. I mean, he was, he was so on fire for God. And uh, he, he, would, he had the gift of evangelism. He would win all these people to Christ. And God changed the course of his life. It was so different. Uh, he used to, to buy drugs from a lady 
uh, that uh, sold, and uh, he went and led her to Christ, and they ended up getting married, and now both of them serve Jesus. You know, I mean, it was just amazing what God did in his life, and it was a work of his supernatural power. Listen, I want you to know God is still at work, and he is still moving. Uh, It's amazing to me in the various parts of the world where Christianity is persecuted, the gospel continues to spread. Uh, The kingdom continues to grow. Why is that? Because the power of men cannot stop the power of God. He is at work, and he is moving. Sometimes uh, I remember there was this uh, family that uh, the father came to Christ in a former church my dad pastored. And uh, that whole family, he and his wife were on the brink of divorce, and God restored their family, and and their family served in that church. Uh, That's the power of God. (laughs) Recognize those things. As you see these things, as you observe these things, Christ is reaching out to you. He's saying, listen, I want to show you my power. I want you to know I'm real. I'm active. I love you. And I want you to put your trust in me. That's the, the heart of God. As they saw this lame man jumping and running and shouting and, and getting happy, they, they were observing the living power of a living God. And he is at work today. So, the love that seeks, how does God bring people uh, to faith and, and seek us in love? Well, first of all, he lets us observe his supernatural power. Secondly, he lets us have evidence of his eternal resurrection, his eternal resurrection. Look at verse 15. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. Whom God raised from the dead, his eternal resurrection. Uh, God gives us evidence of Jesus' resurrection. There's historical evidence. And not just among the gospel writers, there's even evidence from the enemies of Christianity. And they'll say that uh, his followers believe that Jesus died and rose. Now, they don't believe in Jesus, but they're saying this is what his followers believe. There's, there's historical evidence. There is uh, eyewitness testimony. I mentioned the 500. Um, and, and God gave us all kinds of evidence. And now we see a church that continues to grow around the world. Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive. He's working. Um, a number of years ago, I read a, a book that was written by a Muslim Uh, who had converted to Christianity, and he was talking about God's work in the Muslim world and how uh, many in the Muslim world are seeing dreams, have visions of Jesus Christ. Uh, One story was shared. uh, This uh, man uh, had seen a vision of a woman who was going to tell him about Jesus Christ. This was a country where it was illegal uh, to to share Jesus Christ. And... uh, God, God just showed him this, this lady in a dream, and, and she's walking through uh, this, this uh, marketplace area, 
And this man sees her and he says, I need to talk to you. Now, that was dangerous in and of itself because he was talking to a Muslim woman. And you're not really supposed to do that. Uh, but she agrees reluctantly to talk to him. And uh, they go to the, go to the side and, and uh, he said, can you tell me about Jesus? And he had seen a dream of Jesus and had had a number of dreams. And so I've heard stories about Muslims who had dreams about Jesus Christ every single night for a year. You tell me there's not a living Savior who's trying to reach a lost world. Listen, Jesus is alive. He is working. He is moving. Uh, His eternal resurrection. Listen, his followers uh, didn't go to their death for a lie. They simply didn't. Uh, we talked about this in more length uh, uh, when we talked about it on Easter. Um, but I just want you to know there's evidence for resurrection. Can I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, do some investigation. Uh, read some of these works by people like Lee Strobel or Josh McDowell. Um, uh, read some of these things, uh, the investigations that have been made. Uh, into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's plenty of evidence there uh, for those who are open to, to hear about it. And God has left this evidence for us. Why? Because he loves us. He wants us to put our trust in Jesus Christ. He reaches out to us through the evidence he has left us. And it's truly an amazing thing what he has done. Um, the evidence for Scripture, the evidence for Christianity. I mean, there's a mountain of it for those who are willing and open to look into it. Uh, it is truly amazing what God has done to open the way for people who have questions to come to faith in Jesus Christ. He is reaching for you. He loves you. So, the love it seeks, how does God bring people to faith? Well, He he seeks them in love by showing his supernatural power, his eternal resurrection, his bold witnesses. Verse 15, we are witnesses of this. We are witnesses of this. In other words, they were eyewitnesses. Peter and John had seen the risen Jesus Christ. They had touched him. They had eaten with him. They had talked with him. They saw, hey, he has the same personality he had before. This is the same guy. Uh, they, they knew that this was Jesus. They were eyewitnesses of the fact. God gave the over 500 eyewitnesses. But did you know there are witnesses to Jesus' power and his work today? Uh, because even though we may not be eyewitnesses in the same way the early apostles were, we are witnesses of what Christ has done in our lives those of us who know Christ. And we can share what Jesus Christ has done for us. I, listen, I, I couldn't, I don't know if I'd, I could write books uh, to, to, to account for all the things that God has done in my life and prayers he's answered and things he's done throughout the years. And, but it's amazing what God has done in my life. I serve a living Savior. <laughs> I'm a witness to his power. He's real. He, he, he encourages me when I'm broken. He comforts me when I'm struggling. He strengthens me 
for service. He gives me insight into his truth and into his word. He uses me for his purpose. And it's amazing to me. Sometimes I'll have somebody come up to me and say, you know, you said something that really touched me, and they'll share, share what it was that I, that I spoke about, and it dealt with a specific need in their life. And many times, I didn't even plan on saying it. I didn't have that in my preparation. I do preparation, but I didn't have it in my preparation. It's just something the Holy Spirit brought to mind as I was preaching that fit in that situation, and it was a word for that specific person. Tell me there's not a God. I've seen it. He's a living God. He reaches out to us, and he's reaching out to you today if you don't know him. He loves you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. So the love that seeks, uh, we see his supernatural power. We see his eternal resurrection, his bold witnesses, his exalted name. His exalted name. Verse 16, by faith, In his name, his name has made this man strong. It talks about his ankles being strengthened, his feet being strengthened so that he could walk. Uh, The Greek here literally says, he has strengthened his name. He has strengthened his name. And I was thinking, that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, How do you strengthen somebody's name? Well, you, you remember the proverb that says a good name is better to be chosen than great riches? I used to joke with Roger Tackett about that when, when he was living. I'd say, uh, when he come out, his name's Roger like mine. So I'd say, uh, Roger, a good name is better to be chosen than great riches. And he said, amen, every single time. But I don't think that's what that verse is talking about. That verse is talking about having a good reputation. A good name is better to be chosen than great riches. You see, Jesus is strengthening his reputation among the people. There was a story going on. The disciples had stolen the body, right? You read about that in Matthew's gospel. Uh, The the guards that had fallen like dead men when the angel came down and rolled away the stone, uh, they go back and they're terrified because they think, well, what's going to happen to me? Since our prisoner, uh, the one we're guarding, has, has, is gone. Uh, and, and the Jews say, well, well, just say that the disciples came and stole the body. And so this story's been spread around. And apparently in Matthew's day, when he wrote his gospel, he says, and it's spread around to this day. But can I tell you something? Jesus' reputation can't be destroyed by a lie because he's still around. To make a difference in the lives of people. And in the healing of this man at the beautiful gate, Jesus strengthened his reputation. Why? So that he could reach people that God loves, that Jesus loves, so they could be brought to faith in him. He has exalted his name. I said, I, I told you about a book I've been reading. I keep, I, I keep reading, and I'm amazed at all the evidence in culture and history that, that continues to point to Jesus. It's, it's an amazing thing. And, and the heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, it, there, we've got a, a video back there in our library called The Privileged Planet. Um, I encourage you, if, you, if you've never 
uh, seen that, to, to check that out and look at it. Uh, but it, it speaks of all the fine-tuning of the universe and how if things are just a little bit different, there could be no life. There could be no existence on earth as we know it. Everything had to be exactly right, exactly on a razor's edge so that we could live and we could, we could uh, even exist here in this world. Listen, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork. Uh, we, we continue to send uh, telescopes into the universe, and they're, they're sending messages back and showing us new galaxies, and I think the number has gotten up to now 200 billion galaxies estimated in the universe. God says, do not I fill the heavens and the earth? You want to know what kind of big God you've got? <laughs> 200 billion galaxies can't contain him. That's how big he is. He is so great. Uh, creation. Uh, the, 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 did you know you are a marvel of God's creation? God has fashioned you with his hands. And uh, there's, a, there's, enough DNA, there's enough information, just a teaspoonful of your DNA. It's more than all the computers and all the books in the world. God designed you for his purpose. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a testament to the glory of his great name. You see, God glorifies his name, and he glorifies the name of Jesus in a number of ways. But as they saw this man at the beautiful gate who had been crippled from birth stand up and leap and run and be all excited, they saw the demonstration that Jesus Christ is alive, and he's real, and he's powerful. And that he is seeking them. And he is seeking you and he's seeking me today. Still today. By glorifying his great name. By strengthening his reputation. His exalted name. So God's love seeks us. And we see how he does that. Uh, his supernatural power. His eternal resurrection. His bold witnesses. His exalted name. His enabling help. Verse 16. By faith in his name. His name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus. Has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. So who did this faith come from? That this man, As this man trusts the word of Peter. Who says get up and walk. Where did his faith come from? It came from Jesus. The faith. Through Jesus, his enabling help. I mentioned that man who, who Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He says, well, I believe. Do you, do you have faith? I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Did you know that God can help you trust Jesus? He can. And he does. If you come to faith in Christ, the Bible says, no one can come to him unless the Father draws him. You see, the work of God in our lives is so great, so profound. And, and many times we don't understand what's going on. God is reaching out to us. And if you have a desire to give your heart to Christ, that comes from God. Nowhere else, it comes from God. The Bible says that our nature without Christ is to be the enemies of God. Uh, many people, you know, they might not be active enemies in the sense that we would think of. 
But the bent of a heart without Christ is against the things of God. How does a heart against the things of God uh, come to faith in Jesus? It comes through God's help. I don't think God determines who's saved and who's lost other than the condition of you (laughs) put your trust in Jesus. Um, But I do think that God enables us to make a decision. And and what a a joy that is when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, Putting your trust in Jesus involves a decision of repentance. It's a choice to turn from your sin in your own way to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, It's a change of direction in your heart. Uh, It is, uh, the Old Testament used to call it turning. Uh, That's a good vivid picture of, of what that's all about. Uh, but when you trust in Jesus Christ, you're, you're putting your trust in him for your whole life and for eternal life. Uh, and, and you're receiving that gift of eternal life that Jesus Christ purchased when he died on the cross to pay for your sin and mine. And he said it is finished, paid in full, and he rose again. What Jesus did at the cross makes it possible for God to give us heaven as a gift, for God to come and live within us, and to change us, and to make us new. All of it is from Him. So if you have even the inkling of a desire to be saved, can I encourage you, pray along with that man, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Or perhaps you haven't had a desire, but you you are maybe open. Ask God, Lord, would you grant me the faith that I need to put my trust in you? His enabling help. Listen, God loves you, and when you take one step toward him, he'll take two steps toward you. You know how I know that? Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, Jesus died for me, seeing me at my worst. He died for me when I was most unworthy, and yet reached out to me in love, saved my soul. What an amazing God we serve. His enabling help is his reaching out to us. So, listen, he is seeking you today. If you don't know him, he is seeking you in all these ways we've talked about here today. You need to repent. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and receive that gift of eternal life. If you'd like to do that this morning, you can come to this altar. You can talk to God in your own words and let him know what's on your heart. You'd like some help with a prayer of salvation, or prayer of surrender and trust in Jesus? I'd be happy to help you with that, and uh, I'll uh, tell you the gist of what I'm going to pray, so you'll know. And you, it, it, what it matters is that it comes from your heart, and so you can tell me this is what I desire to do. Um, <clears throat> if you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, can I say, um, allow God to use you so that people can see Jesus in you. Don't be a secret agent Christian. Let people know who you serve. Let people know that you serve Jesus Christ and that you follow him. And then, as the Holy Spirit leads you, share what God's doing in your life. You're a witness to that fact. God can use you to make a difference in the life of someone else who needs Jesus Christ. And you can make all the difference. Um, 
I was listening to something this week, and um, it was a testimony that someone was sharing, and uh, they had seen what God had done in, in a friend's life, and uh, this man, he's, he comes, he finally says, Lord, he says, I'm not sure I understand all of this, but whatever it is that she's got, I want it. <laughs> would you please change me and, and uh, I, whatever Jesus needs to do, would you just, just uh, change my life and help me follow you and, and, uh, and give me what, what she has? Uh, listen, you can have a profound impact on the people around you as you pray for them, as you live that godly life in front of them, and as you share what Jesus is doing in your life and the precious message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, God's seeking and we need to seek as well let's pray Father thank you for your word thank you for your great love and how you seek us God when we're undeserving and unworthy knowing the worst in us God you still love us and you still sent Christ to die for us Lord I pray that you would work in the lives of people today and draw people to faith in Jesus Christ. And Father, for those of us who know Christ, I pray that you'd move our hearts, Lord, to be instruments, to be, to be vocal about our, our faith, uh, to share as you would lead us, God, what you're doing in our lives and how you're working so that others can be impacted for you. Uh, let it be all to the glory of your great name. Father, have your work and your way in our lives here this morning. In Jesus' name.